Welcome to the fifth episode of Earwig Serials. I'm your host, Tyler McNamara, and for the next 35 episodes of Season 1, I'll be reading from my book, The Mother of Dark Space. Previously, on The Mother of Dark Space. This first section is a personality evaluation so I can gauge if we would be a good fit for each other. I'm sure we'd be a good fit, she said. The more Ray thought about it, the more she realized she'd made a goddamn fool of herself in front of Ashley. Ray couldn't believe it was really him. Dr. Kander, I'm so sorry, she began. Don't be sorry. I know all about Evermore and his antics. He and I were once friends, and he still finds it amusing to meddle with Jansen and me. Wait, why is Clyde Kander, the head of K&J Labs, making this call? Yes, they offered me my own lab. And you turned them down, he seemed relieved. That is a smart choice, Dr. Dahlia. Evermore Industries is a new business built on old ideas. That's a bad combination and a risky investment, don't you think? Kander's features softened. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Evermore will try to use you as the new face of Evermore Industries. Now I feel as if I've been untruthful. I never said that I turned Evermore down, just that I didn't give him an answer. Ray felt her heartbeat quicken as the moving walkway carried her to street level. Nile Teradome smelled just as it had the first time she had arrived. Bath, then bar, she decided, but then thought of Ashley. Chapter 4 Endings and Beginnings Ashley Hoping this was the place she meant, Ashley waited outside the Relativity Lounge, nervously pondering his body odor to cologne ratio. Ashley tried to imagine himself as one of the dead movie stars from before the turn, coolly hanging out on a street corner enjoying a cigarette. But smoking wasn't allowed inside the Terradome, and it wasn't particularly unique or cool to stand around looking at one's Omni. Finally, one of the automated rickshaws approaching the club was carrying Ray. Ray, he said, approaching her as she docked the bike. As far as he could tell, the only makeup she was wearing was thinly applied eyeliner beneath her stunningly green eyes. Ashley, she said. The moment stretched on too long, and to fill it, Ashley initiated a handshake. Welcome back to the dome. Ray was kind and didn't draw attention to the clumsy gesture, and as he held the door open for her, the music assaulted him on one side, and the smell of her, like some flowering jungle tree, brushed his cheek as he walked past. The inside of the Relativity Lounge looked like pulp sci-fi night at the Space Needle. The translucent tables and chairs each had a single leg and wide round base like a wine glass, and their edges glowed with neon fiber optics. The walls were all virtual reality screens that inflated the square room beyond its walls and bent it into a round observation deck. Beyond the windows, the club appeared to be teetering on the edge of a black hole. At the top of every hour, they would be hit by a gravitational event, and part of the club would sustain some damage, or appear to be ripped away and sucked into the nearby singularity. The room was not as crowded as Ashley had expected, but it was still early in the evening. Ray made a beeline to the table farthest from the music. Do you ever listen to Freedom Jazz? he asked. She seemed to be listening for a moment. The bass line and melody went down smooth, while the improvisational tangents created a mood of intelligent contemplation with a high refresh rate. This is entirely undanceable. The point isn't to dance to it, he said. Ashley put his Omni on the payment square and asked, What are you drinking? Ray laid hers alongside his, signaling the table to charge them separately. I'll have a tequila old-fashioned. He combed through the tabletop menu, but all the drinks had been renamed to fit the unified theory theme. Ashley looked up. I can't find it. Ray looked at the menu. Sorry, I forgot. They call it a proton decay here. Ah, he said ordering one for her and selecting a weak interaction for himself. It was a whiskey and water. Neat. So, tomorrow's your first day at EI. Are you still feeling nervous? He watched her imagine it and saw a look cross her face, like that momentary darkening when Phobos transits the sun. No, should I be? She smiled. 
I'm excited to see the building, and I guess a little anxious to meet Evermore. He's a normal guy, don't let the stories get to you. What stories? Well, if you haven't heard any, it'd be better not to mention them. Come on, she grinned. He smiled back, and for a moment everything was a wonderfully normal, classically predictable, modern fairy tale cliché. He submitted. Well, there was that time when Dr. Jansen thought Evermore wanted to blow up the world. And the moment was gone. Oh God, right, Ray said, remembering. A year into his house arrest, Evermore had called James Jansen looking for help. And Jansen had gone to the National News, telling them about Evermore's plans to build a bomb that could destroy an entire planet. Evermore's house and lab were raided. His computers and hard drives were seized, but they never found any evidence of such a bomb. Ray smiled and returned with a story of her own. There was the time he gave that huge grant to those ghost hunters, and his stock tanked and his board almost rioted. Ashley shrugged, and in the silence their drinks were delivered. He took a drink as if he were parched, coughed a little, and said, It's like what you were talking about the first time we spoke. He's an artist looking for a new medium. Easy for you to say. You're his personal assistant. You get to see him at his most vulnerable. All we see are the mistakes and the victories the media shows us. I was his personal assistant, he corrected her, but must have looked miserable, because she cocked her head in question. I was relocated yesterday, he said, and watched the spark between them fizzle out. Fired? She looked really concerned. It wasn't because of our interview, was it? Ashley thought back to the note attached to the short stack of personal folders on his workstation. Ashley, if you want to keep learning from me, you need to shadow someone else for these next few years. Interview these three people and decide which one you find the most interesting to work with. Be warned, there is a woman on the list. Do not let her charm you. It basically was, but I can't say that. She'll feel like she owes me. No. Evermore said it was time for me to learn from someone else, but I didn't realize it was coming so soon. My replacement just arrived on the shuttle from Earth. She made a consoling pouty face, reached across the table, and put her hand on his. It was not a romantic gesture. It wasn't even a pity-fuck gesture. This was the worst possible gesture. This sympathetic nurturer. He forced a lump from his throat, hardened his face, and drained the rest of his drink. It's fine. Really, it's Evermore's way of looking out for me. And I'm sure this will open up new opportunities. He tried to make the last line an insinuation. Idiot. She doesn't know yet. How can you believe that? Do you know what you'll be doing instead? He hesitated, looked down at her hand, and put his other hand on top of hers. It was cold and clammy. Maybe from the cold glass table? Actually, I'll be working for you. As department liaison, she guessed, but seemed worried. No, as your personal assistant. She slid her hand from in between his and took a big sip of her drink, which drained the glass. This, he motioned at the connection he was desperately trying to forge, doesn't have to be weird. No, she nodded. He frowned. Fuck, it's already weird. She shook it off. I'm sorry, Ashley, it's just, I've been traveling all day, and the time difference, maybe the alcohol is catching up to me, she stood. Ray, wait, don't be distracted by the title. I can be really helpful if you let me. I may not have much traditional education, but I've been working beside Evermore for almost 11 years. He could feel tears forcing themselves from his burning eyes. Ray looked like she might panic and run at any moment, and he didn't blame her. Eleven years? I assumed you started working for Evermore after he was released from house arrest. N no. For the first fifteen years of my life, I never knew who owned the house next door until the day after the trial ended, and Evermore started living there full time. I saw him mowing the lawn and recognized him from the magazine covers. He let his tears flow unabashedly. Ray didn't sit back down but at least she stayed to listen. 
My mom told me to stay away from him, but I offered to mow his lawn if he would help me with homework. And the next thing I knew, he had me running errands and learning to code. Ray looked as if she was puzzling through everything he'd just said. He'd seen that look on Evermore's face when he was sorting through data. Then she looked him over once more, seemingly assessing his usefulness to her. That I invited you out tonight feels inappropriate given you are my personal assistant. I apologize for being so unprofessional during our last interaction, and I'm looking forward to working with you on Monday. Before he could respond, she had paid the full tab and slipped away from the table. Why couldn't I lie just once, just to kill the loneliness for a night? He opened up the menu on the table and was about to order another drink when he thought, Ray was right. This music sucks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider following me on Twitter at Tyler R. McNamara, M-C-N-A-M-A-R-A, and using the hashtag M-O-D-S-Book. You can learn more about the book project at earwigpublishing.com or on Facebook at Earwig Publishing. Earwig Serials is supported by you listeners. If you're enjoying this podcast, consider becoming a monthly supporter and gain access to bonus content at patreon.com slash motherofdarkspace. Or, if you'd like to make a single offering, visit paypal.me slash earwigpublishing. Finally, I'd like to thank the artist's silent partner for the use of their song, Frequency. And now, the second half of episode five. Ray. The following morning, as the rickshaw docked itself outside the Evermore Industries building, Ray looked up, admiring the newest and tallest building in the Terradome for a moment before approaching the double-wide, tinted glass doors of Evermore Industries. She took notice of her reflection before the doors automatically parted. Her fresh lab coat and dark blue suit were crisp and professional. Her light brown hair was perfectly in place, and her makeup was carefully applied to thicken and lower her eyebrows, straighten her lashes, thin her lips, and enhance her look of resolve. The ensemble was carefully stylized to reflect her professionalism. Smart, serious, collected, and in command. But she saw something else in that reflection, too. The same fierce, determined look she had seen so many times on her mother's face. Deborah, you were convinced that Mars would be awful and that I'd hate it. Do you ever wonder if you were right? She thought and imagined her mother's reply. Do you ever wonder if I was right? The doors opened, slicing her reflection in half to reveal an expansive lobby of polycarbon and stone. The compressed clay floor was so well polished that it could have been mistaken for a dark red granite. Glossy graphite panels covered the walls and gave the space a cold, earthy twinkle like a wintry starscape, or a silver mine. Across the room was a receptionist's desk, occupied by a young blond man in his twenties. On either side of the entry there were two waiting areas, defined by black suede chairs surrounding a low coffee table, made of the same tinted glass as the front doors. On her left, a group of young men were lounging and quietly joking amongst themselves. Ashley stood from the group and briskly walked to her. Afraid that he would ruin her carefully crafted demeanor with some mention of last night, she crushed him with her eyes as he briefly made contact and watched the look of recognition wilt as his gaze fell to the floor. Good morning, Dr. Dahlia. Welcome to Evermore Industries. I'll be your, he fumbled. My name is Ashley, and I'll be your personal assistant. Follow me. We've got a busy day ahead of us. Why is he pronouncing each syllable like that? He sounds like he's reading from a script. Oh, it's satire. He's become an unwitting actor in a role he never applied for. She wouldn't begrudge him this small protest, until it got annoying. What exactly do we have ahead of us today? His bargain store dress shoes squeaked ever so slightly on the polished floor as he walked across the lobby. He obviously wanted to get in the elevator before answering, but Rhea wasn't playing along. 
Walking back to her so he could answer without shouting, he said, For starters, we need to go to HR so you can sign a contract and get an ID badge. Then you've got a meeting with Evermore and the other lab heads at 11 in the... recreation facility, which I've not been invited to. Then, after a short break for lunch, we can start reviewing applications and setting up interviews. If we're quick, you'll get to do some shopping in the Cantor and Jensen Scientific Instruments International. So, whenever you're ready, he waited for her to start walking this time. Ashley, if you don't mind me asking, why is it that I get to pick all of my staff, yet you seem to come with the lab? His eyes shifted to the other assistants who were making faces at him behind her back. Dr. Evermore wanted there to be someone to aid you the moment you stepped inside. However, if you are dissatisfied with me, he couldn't hide the underlying pain in his voice. I can easily be replaced. I didn't mean it like that, she whispered. It's going to be an exciting first week, he smiled, but it didn't fool her. As they walked into the elevator, Ray said, Before you were relocated, were you in charge of all the interviews, or... Ashley met her eyes for the briefest of moments. You were a special case. Soon, she was face to face with her reflection again, but this time it was interrupted by the EI logo stretched across the elevator doors. The E and I were stylized to look like brackets enclosing a Mobius strip twisted into a sideways figure eight. Rumor had it that Evermore had imagined the logo in a dream, but if half the rumors were true, Evermore wouldn't have gotten so much as a building permit. God, I hope he's not crazy. Or if he is, I hope this is worth it. Please don't let this be the end of my career. If this thing degrades, I'll never be respected as a bioengineer. In the elevator, she took off her lab coat and handed it to Ashley to hold while she took off her lab suit jacket. She said, I'm used to the lab at Casma, Australia being cold. You can count on it being an even 73 degrees every day. The whole climate-controlled dome thing tends to make the weather pretty predictable. Expect rain the first Wednesday of every month from 11 p.m. until 1. Thank you for the weather report, she said, putting her lab coat back on. But it's only been three weeks since I was last here on leave from Casma, Australia. I just forgot how warm they keep it. He directed her attention to the elevator's 12 round feather touch buttons. I assume you're familiar with the Omni workforce? Yeah, the buttons read my fingerprints, and accounting uses it to track my hours. It's proximal recognition, so your ID card and your Omni need to be on your person. Your lab is on the seventh floor, he said, pointing to the seven. But we're going down, to human resources. B2 is the cafeteria. B3 is a recreational facility, sauna, showers, game room, gym, and a multi-sports court. You have a sauna? He smiled and coolly said, We have a saltwater pool. How could he afford all that water, she thought, frowning. Her reaction obviously disappointed him. Wait, did you say my meeting with Evermore was at the pool? Ashley sputtered. I didn't, did I? No, I said in the recreation facility. Oddly, he seemed to be trying to convince himself as much as her. He pressed the button for HR, and they descended in silence. Dr. Kander gave me a week to decide where I'm going to work. I wonder if there's any way I can defer signing this contract until later. Ashley Ashley lounged in one of the black suede chairs in the lobby with four other personal assistants, waiting for their new bosses to finish up in HR so they could guide them into the elevator and push the button for them. Evermore had been very specific about this step. Behind the receptionist's desk was a man around Ashley's age, who was fair-featured and blonde. The kind of blonde he'd imagined seeing down in the entertainment district dealing blackjack. The kind of blonde who knew exactly how good-looking he was. But this one was looking up a corporate ladder only those with brains and degrees could climb. What he was doing here, Ashley couldn't guess, other than the obvious. Counting ceiling tiles and boredom. Suddenly, his gaze dropped and he caught Ashley staring at him. How many are there? Ashley asked, then remembered his name. Julius something. 
Julius leaned forward and, ignoring Ashley's question, asked another of his own. You're friends with that Samuel kid, yeah? The other assistants glanced up from their omnis only long enough to determine who was being addressed. No, Ashley said, not bothering to hide the disdain in his voice. Julius looked unsure as to whether he should continue or not. Is he some kind of child prodigy or something? No, Ashley said again, trying to tone down the jealousy. A, he's in his forties, and B, he's not even that smart. In one of those loud whispers that seemed to be reserved for gossip, one of the other assistants said, In his forties? He doesn't look any older than my cousin, and he's only eleven. Samuel's got some kind of dwarfism. A few years after the synthetic man trial, he came to Evermore looking for help. The doc's been trying to develop some kind of retroactive gene therapy for him. Julius said, Guess it isn't working. I'm sorry, that was rude. Ashley shrugged. I don't give a shit. He creeps me the hell out. But Evermore's therapy is working. The first time I met Samuel, I would have guessed he was six. Julius leaned back in his chair. In any case, Dr. Evermore seems to like him. They always enter and leave together. Ashley got defensive, almost violently so. What are you implying? Julius put up his hands. You never know. Ashley stood. I know. He used to hit on my mom, for Christ's sake. He's not like that. Like what? Gay? Listen, Ashley. Things are different up here. The population is 80-something percent male, but 100% of us still need satisfaction, he smiled. Ashley took a step back. I'm with you, one of the assistants said, gesturing at Ashley. I'm content to grease my own pole. Julius put his feet up on the desk. All I'm saying is, why limit your options? I knew a guy in college that liked to use warm fruit. The other assistants laughed and no one was looking at their omnis anymore. I knew a guy who liked to sit on his hands until they lost sensation. Ah, the familiar stranger, Julius laughed. Ashley walked to the elevator and waited until the doors opened before saying, Samuel isn't warm fruit. He pressed B4 and backed against the wall in the blind spot beneath the security camera. What's wrong with me? He asked the empty room and realized that the camera could still see him in the reflection of the doors. He shook it off and stuffed it away for the nth time since he found out he'd been replaced. He didn't even have the nerve to tell me to my face. The humid warmth hit his face as the doors opened on the pool facility. Ashley walked around to the women's changing room on the far side of the pool and closed the door. Ray was the only woman in the EI building, and it was a good bet that she wouldn't be doing any swimming today. Ashley slumped down on a bench and tried to clear his head, but in the silence he could hear his own words echoing through his head. What's wrong with me? He clenched his fists and squeezed his eyes shut. Your timing was fucking terrible, Doc. I wish I could show you the way Ray looked when she found out I wasn't working for you anymore. Don't take it personally, you said but what a hell of a way to show someone you care about them. Fuck you, Doc. He wanted to scream it, but he knew that at any moment, Samuel and Evermore would be arriving in the pool area. Ten fucking years, and you'd replace me with some freak? Ashley clenched his teeth to fight back the tears. Do I deserve this? Is this what I get for being so fucking weird? Grief shivered through his body, though he fought, grunting with exertion to hold it back. He balled up his shirt around his face and screamed into it. I'm not good enough for any of them. He thought of Evermore, Ray, Sarah, his first love, and his faceless father, a shape without form or feature that was the shadow of a memory of a man. No, not a man, a coward. Fuck you, you self-righteous prick. If you want to take everything from me, then I'm going to take something from you. You think you fucking fooled me with that retroactive gene therapy bullshit? You built another synthetic human, didn't you? I'm going to find where you're hiding the proof and take it. This has been Chapter 4 of The Mother of Dark Space by Tyler McNamara. Episode 5 of Earwig Serials was brought to you by The Relativity Lounge, 
who wants me to remind you that there's more to the lounge than the nightly augmented reality show. There's also live music every weekend. This Saturday night, experience the Inner Space Trio and feel their subsonic rhythms affecting your body from the inside out. I haven't listened to them personally, but from what I hear, tribal is kind of the best way to describe it. They use a combination of, like, deep, almost you could barely hear them, bass notes that kind of vibrate your whole body while also, you know, using instruments that you can hear, like, um, what are those Australian uh, didgeridoos and stuff like that. Uh, I hear they're pretty cool and it's kind of a cool show, especially if you like being reminded that you're basically just full of water and mushy bits. And if that's for you, uh, check out the Relativity Lounge on Ash Street in Niley Terradome. Well, that's it for me. I want to wish everyone a happy holidays, and I'll see you next time. Bye.